Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 16 of the Fringe Podcast. It has been a while. So Patrick just told me with this intro uh, not to sound like Delilah, like like I'm laying in bed giving this intro, but I am not him, and it's okay to do you and do what feels original to you. So I don't... I, I wasn't saying WWE <laughs> intro, but... Oh, that's funny. I'm not a hype girl. No, okay? you don't have to be. So. Yeah. That's why That's why this is fun. So episode 16, it's been a while. Welcome everybody. If this is your first time tuning in to the Fringe Podcast, what up, what up, what up? I encourage you when you have time, when you're bored, when you're in your car, you're at your job and you're looking for something interesting to listen to, check out some of those episodes. They're funny, they're emotional, they're hopeful, they're sad. They're, uh, there's a little bit of everything in between, man. I, but I think at the end of e- each episode, it will leave you with something tangible to hold on to that'll make your life better. So yeah, check those other episodes out. But here we are, episode 16. Uh, there's been a massive gap, man, in between episode 15 and 16 and today we're going to kind of talk about some of that so where do you want to go with that there's a lot that's been going on for us personally Um, for those of you who follow our journey we moved locations of the coffee shop there was obviously a lot a lot involved with moving to a new space uh, rehabbing that space which was mostly Patrick handling that Um, and then yeah just preparing rehiring staff training them preparing to open doing all the ordering just a lot of chaos involved with that. We did finally get it open. Uh, super excited about that. We've been getting a lot of good feedback. Um, if you haven't visited it, please check it out. 604 High Street in Hamilton. Um, it's the Fringe Coffee House, and our mission is we only employ people coming out of incarceration and people also going through uh, recovery. So, yeah, there's that. We've moved houses again. <laughs> For those of you who know us personally, oh, here we go. Like, are you kidding me? Are, are they really? <laughs> let me rewind. Did they really just say they moved again? We did. Um, there's been many reasons we've moved so many times over the past couple of years. Um, there was a sale of a house that fell through. That was one of the moves. We moved back into the house, and it literally sold that same day. Um, and then we've ended up in some pretty crazy situations crazy living situations literally you crazy didn't know you were moving into a crazy living situation at the time and the longer you're there you're like where am i um and then yeah we've been through some just situations that were outside of our control and won't go into that but yeah we've moved again so but we're in a better yeah better situation financially and a little bit of a smaller space but it's good it's less to manage had to downsize a little bit but some of that decluttering has has felt good for the soul yeah for sure i would venture to bet that we have beat anybody listening to this podcast at moving 100 unless you are gypsy or you're like in a military bro there's no way i don't even i don't it's it's it would be embarrassing to even admit how many times i think we've moved more than people that are in the military yeah yeah we could probably top that yeah I think everybody knows what that feels like. Maybe you haven't moved a million times, but you feel like you just haven't been able to dig your feet in. You haven't been able to find your roots, man. Yeah, I think anytime you're moving into a space and you know that it's only temporary, it's hard to sort of settle there. Yeah, it's almost like you don't want to unpack. How long am I going to be here? Mm-hmm. I remember the saddest, one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Not that this whole episode is going to be sad, but uh, kids in foster care, man, you know, when they leave, 
they often all they have to to carry is that black trash bag of their stuff and so they don't ever accumulate a lot of stuff they're always taking the black trash bag from house to house and um you know you may have never physically been in foster care i haven't uh but i think in a sense we can do that we can do that in other ways so we're hoping this will be the last one uh let me share one of my pet peeves and share uh, Sarah can share one of hers about moving. Those of you that have been married for any length of time, you know, you, you, there's pet peeves each other does. Um, Sarah's amazing. She doesn't have many, but there's a couple things. There's a couple things. One thing she does with moving, ladies and gentlemen, is she has this amazing ability to pack a box above where you're supposed to close it. <laughs> And so she leaves it like open and you cannot grab it at all. Like it's so awkward. You can't stack it. Uh, but she, she did much better this time around with that stuff. Uh, the purpose of that though is when I pack those boxes that I don't close, it's because stuff, it's stuff that I want to take out immediately. But I also realized the reason I'm probably doing that is because I'm not the one loading it into there the truck and I'm loading it into the house. So. <laughs> There yes, we go. I, I do. I do do that. You don't realize how much stuff you have too until you move, right? I mean, everybody. You think, oh man, you know, we've really, we've really downsized <laughs> until it's time to pack all that stuff. Um, so the house we moved, the house we moved into, now I would say is probably half the size. Fair. About yeah. A little less than half. Than where we were at. And but I, you know you know what else is half? Praise the Lord for this. The payments, yeah. <laughs> the payments. Yeah. Uh, we, we love to watch these people online. I'm sure you've done it yourself. Uh, these people who live out of their RVs. You know what I mean? They convert. They make a tiny house. You know. I think we all long for like a sense of simplicity mm-hmm. and like how much stuff do we really need. And even though it's been very stressful to move from that location, and we didn't have a ton of stuff to begin with, I don't think, to downsize and have the payment go down, like, now we can start to focus on some other stuff instead of just maintain. You want to speak to that? Because I know you've really struggled with that. Yeah, well, I think even before that, you know, and here's the thing with this move, like this, I don't for a second think this is going to be the last house I'm ever going to live in. You know, like we have... We have a plan with this house to the property was in really, really bad shape. When we moved in, we, you know, immediately repaired the flooring, painted every square inch of the house just to kind of give it a facelift. Um, But there's still a lot as far as the bathroom and the kitchen that need, you know, completely gutted and rehabbed. They work for now, but not long term. Um, But, you know, our plan is to eventually flip this house, maybe turn it into an Airbnb or, or a rental. So we know even with this move that this is, you know, not going to be the last move of our lives. I think there's also something too, like, you know, when people buy a house on property and it's the home of their dreams and you think like, this is the last place I'm ever going to be, but life is so fragile and life is so fleeting that like, do we ever really know? We don't like, no one knows what tomorrow holds. And so just learning to hold that, sense of control that needing to like loosely to know all the things like learning to hold that more loosely and just embrace where I'm at today yeah and find peace find contentment 
trust the Lord, you know, with where he has me for today and with where I will be tomorrow. And what was the other thing you wanted me to? Oh, just, I think, you know, the idea of downsizing and it's a lot of stress to keep up with a lot of stuff, right? Even if you're not living in some huge, massive, opulent house, uh, for those of you that don't know, we have three, not one, not two, but three monkey pigs. Uh, these dogs that they, their faces are smashed. They fart. They, they. I mean, they're, they're they snort. I mean, it, it, it sounds like a farm when you come in our house. Uh, but you know, having dogs, you know, mm-hmm. kids, it's a lot to upkeep. And like, and we've talked about this. There's been times where you feel like that's all you ever do. And like, is that really the life that you want? I'll never be a minimalist. Let's just say that. Like, I like thrifting too much. I like decorating too much. Like, my walls will never be completely bare. Yeah. Um, But there is definitely something to the concept of eliminating clutter and how that frees up decision-making. It frees up mental space to focus more on things that are more important than constantly trying to clean and organize and maintain your home. And yeah, I have found that I'm often more content in in smaller spaces. And no, it's not because I was in prison and was in a cell for six (laughs) years. Um, It's just, it's truly that when my space is out of order, when it needs cleaned, when there's clutter laying everywhere, like I, it's very hard for me to relax. It's hard for me to focus on anything else. And so during those times in our relationship, when we've lived in a smaller space, like an apartment or just a smaller house, those are actually times I've felt happier because there's less to maintain. You know, it's much, it takes a fraction of the time to get everything like, you know, in order and clean. So yeah, I definitely think having less, um, frees up time to focus more on the things you really want to focus on. And it's hard for the mind to rest when there's clutter everywhere and things are not where they should be. For sure. I think oftentimes our outward environment is reflective of our inward environment. Right. And so in some sense, I think that like cleanliness and I don't mean white glove cleanliness, but cleanliness and order in your space where you live. If it's your car, hey, I'll I'll, I'll own my car right now. Mm. You know, like that's reflective of your inner. Right. And I think that there there is something to be said about that. Not that there's not people who have an extremely clean house and organized house and spiritually they are they are filthy, you know? I mean, that's, it's, it's not always the case, but I do think that, man, it's, it's, it's a reflection of what's going on with you. I think our, our physical health is a reflective of our spiritual health, you know? And again, there's people who are in perfect physical shape and their spirit is shriveled up, right? We know this, but I, I think oftentimes when I'm, when I'm in a good space, uh, physically, that often lines up with me being in a good space spiritually, or when my house is in order, uh, as far as organization, mentally, I'm more, I feel more mentally focused. Do you feel like that's true for you? Oh, absolutely. Like with my work day, like if my desk, you know, working in social services, there's always 16 pots on the stove, (laughs) things that you're working on, you know, and it's a constant juggling act. And if you don't have some level of organization or or my desk is just papers everywhere, chaos. Like I cannot function in that. But I do think some people 
like that's just not a high priority to them. Yeah. And they are able to function and get the job done. They've got a million post-its. Even <laughs> when there's crap everywhere. Yeah. You know, I do think some people like it doesn't bother them if there's items where they shouldn't be in the house and just kind of disorganized clutter everywhere. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, right or wrong. I think it just kind of depends on your personality and how you function best. Um, but yes, I do think there definitely is something to like that outward environment can often be a reflection of what's going on internally for sure. And we all have different definitions of, of cleanliness, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Different definitions of, of, of things being order in order. And man, there's no place that you'll discover that more than when you get married. <laughs> So my idea of what's clean and your idea of what's clean or your idea of what is in order and what's important, even in in the physical home, sometimes are different, right? Mm -hmm. And that can be a challenging thing. And I think it's important that we learn, uh, and I'm still learning, right? Uh, I lived by myself for a while. And so, you know, when I would wake up in the morning, (laughs) I would jump out of my blankets and I'd look at my blankets and think I don't need to make that bed I'm gonna jump right back in it (laughs) now my my house and my apartment wasn't gross but you know it's stuff like that but for you you know that helps you to focus and so it helps me get the day started like the bed being made is important to me it's you know it's the same concept of like staying in your pajamas all day like there's research that has shown like and you and I have gone back and forth about this like if you try to sleep in your daytime clothes, like yeah. your your mind is still signaled that I should be awake, alert, doing something. Versus if you have those practices of brushing your teeth, putting your pajamas on, whatever your nighttime routine is, that it kind of starts to signal to your brain and your body like it's time to unwind and rest for yeah. the day. Speaking of the bed, uh, I would love to hear from you women out there. What is the deal with all these pillows? Like, this is a constant point of contention for males across the globe. Like, I get, yeah, I want a dope comforter. You know, I want my room to look nice, color coordinated. But why all the friggin' pillows, man? <laughs> so we're taking 20 pillows off the bed just to make the bed. What is it? What is it with the pillows? <laughs> the couch is the same way. Not There's not one or two. Now, we got a really uncomfortable couch, though. It looks good, but... Yeah, you ever you ever get something? It's like expectation versus reality. We saw this couch online. We're like, man, this this thing looks great. It's high quality. You know, it's made with real hardwood. Uh, as far as the framing, man, man, it looks good. Let's get that. We we got that thing. It felt like we were sitting on we were sitting on a you know a grass hill. That's <laughs> the whole Danish modern. The back is not very high on it, so your neck and your shoulders are completely unsupported when you're sitting on the couch and. Yeah, it's definitely not the most comfortable. Yeah, we're getting rid of it. So in the midst of all this life stuff, I feel like we've definitely both gotten off track on pursuing things that are purposeful and tapping into those creative outlets that are life-giving for both of us. Let's talk about that for a moment and just getting back on track with that. For sure. What what would you say for you, one of the things you've laid down that you, you want to pick back up? Writing and speaking. Yeah. For sure. Uh, consistency with this, with the podcast. Yeah. It's easy to get just stuck in the rut, isn't it? It is. 
So what, how does it make you feel when you're, when you're doing that on a regular basis? Well, I think we all need a sense of, of purpose, you mm-hmm. know, no matter the age. I don't think you ever reach an age in life where you don't uh, need to feel needed, not in some like codependent, unhealthy way, but like I'm needed in the world. I'm valuable in the world. I have a sense of purpose in something that adds value. Yeah, definitely. And that's, yeah, I think using all those different creative outlets, um, it's not only healing to your own self and helping your own self process and work through difficult things in life, but Mm -hmm. it's hopefully helpful to other people as well. Oh, it is. And I think that's the key is like when you're not operating in your gifts, and I don't mean, it doesn't matter what size the platform is, that's irrelevant. But when you're not operating in your gifts, you're robbing the world of good and light. Mm-hmm. And so, in the and there's an area of, of of life that you were meant to illuminate with that specific gift that is not being lit up because you're not using that gift. There's a way that a, 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 a paragraph can speak to somebody or a blog can speak to somebody in a way that a sermon will never do or a song never will. And vice versa. So, I, yeah, I think it's, I think that's the, I forget who was saying, I was watching this video and the guy was talking about when we're not living in our purpose, we're moving further and further away from paradise. And I thought, man, right? That's it. Like we were all created. If you look at the beginning, the book of Genesis, you've got God placing Adam and Eve in the garden and he, he's, he doesn't just put them there. But he creates this amazing space and he invites them to co-create with him. He invites them to, I mean, even just the naming of the animals. He invites Adam to use his creativity to name these weird creatures he's never seen before. And Adam's creativity and Adam's contribution to creation, we're still talking about today. Mm, good. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, like that's when everything went sideways was when they started when they when they started doing things their own way and they stopped creating right it's the difference between consuming life and creating life i do think for myself anyway you can speak for yourself that sometimes god calls you to lay lay things down for a little while or step aside from it for sure for a little while for your own personal healing and i think for me, like the last two years have just been profoundly difficult, you know, like between 2021 and, and all that happened. And then 2022 is kind of the aftermath of that. And if you don't allow yourself time to process that and heal, eventually it's going to catch up with you in, in not a good way. And so I do think that's a big part of it for me, but I've and you're not just talking pandemic. There's other stuff. No, yeah. If you're no, listening to this other, for the first time, we're talking yeah, yeah heavier stuff than that. Death and trauma yeah. and loss and relational fracture and things that you never saw coming that hurt deeply and all of those things. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I think for me, like what I've been feeling convicted in recently is not allowing that to be the excuse. There you go. That I stop doing all the things I should be doing. Now we're hitting it. Like, yes, there's a time to to weep and mourn and to feel that sadness. And 
to relieve yourself of the responsibility that you have to give good to the world during those times when you're just trying to heal. But there's also a time to step back into things and stop because it can be easy. Like when you start making excuses for, you know, one area of your life, it becomes a slippery slope of avoiding all the things you should be doing. Yeah. And that's self-inflicted powerlessness. Right. Mm -hmm. When we were talking about this earlier today, what do we want to talk about? It's been a while. You had brought up, Hey, one of the things I think would be good is to talk about ingrained uh, powerlessness and how we can, if we're not careful, when we go through some stuff, that's what, that's what can end up happening. And that now becomes the reason, even though this event, this experience has passed, not that it doesn't still affect you, mm-hmm. but you're still living in the tomb when the funeral has been over. I think what begins to happen, and I think it's totally subconscious. I don't think it's an intentional thing that people do, or certainly that I was doing, is you can begin to see yourself as the victim of life. Yeah. You know, like all of these hard things have happened to me. And so we can either, you know, lick our wounds after all this time has passed or ask God to transform that pain into something meaningful. For sure. And redemptive. Absolutely. I think a lot of what we deal with in the ministry that we do, a lot of it is dealing with people who have generationally ingrained powerlessness Mm -hmm. and how do we how do we teach and i believe that the way of jesus it's just it's a it's about just as much about unlearning as it is learning right and and i think a lot of what we deal with whether it's someone coming out of prison somebody trying to get sober somebody that has all this unresolved stuff going on somebody coming off the streets or or somebody uh who's been wildly successful with the corner office that just does not realize uh, the, their their own sense of powerlessness in other areas of their life. They're successful in this one, and there's all this other dysfunction everywhere else. And so, that's that's a really challenging challenging thing. And I, I had an interesting conversation with a guy who came down uh, from Dayton recently. Shout out to Matt, Pastor Matt at Radiant Church. Good dude, man, doing some amazing stuff uh, in the projects up there. And we talked about how. In the work that we do, the ministry that we do, people's lives are not changed overnight. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm realizing I'm going to have to walk with these dudes three to five years. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that sounds a lot like Jesus. Why He didn't, he didn't just throw a, a revival, you know what I mean? He didn't just say, hey, bring the band, you know what I mean? I'm going to drop this sermon on them. No, he was like, hey, homies, follow me. Let's walk through life for the next three years. Verily, verily, I say unto you, you've heard it said. You've been programmed this way. This is how you viewed life is this way. This is the way that you viewed God. This is the way that you viewed yourself. This is the way that you view the world. I want you to know that what you've been given is not true. Right? And uh, we often talk about this analogy. One of the ways that they train elephants, uh, and if you want to speak to that, it's pretty fascinating uh, how they kind of, domesticate elephants and I think it, it's true for us as well you want to speak to that yeah I'm trying to remember exactly that day you talked about it but they basically the basic concept is that they keep them chained mm-hmm. um, for so long that there comes a point where even when they're an adult elephant 
they can be tied with something as weak as a string. Shoestring, yep. And they will not try to break from it because in their mind, they're still captive, even though they have the full ability to break free from that. Not because they're not strong enough, but they've been conditioned to believe that this this thing has power over me. And I think the same is true with that stuff is like, if we're not careful, we can, we can, we can, we can be ruled by powerlessness. That is, it's not even real, mm-hmm. you know? And part of the, I think part of the way I found my way out was realizing, Hey man, you're not just the scum of the earth. Yeah. You need to re- repent. You need to get your heart right. But you, your, your mind, bro, is way more powerful than, than you realize your, your ability to persevere is way more power. You got way more in you than you realize. And realizing that, hey, there is strength there. There is good. There is some goodness inside of me underneath all that garbage. And when I realize my sense of identity and who I really am, those things that used to have power and control over me, they no longer have power. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's been, you know, many components of finding my way. out. I'm still finding my way out. I certainly haven't haven't arrived but I think, you know, I will, you'll never hear me minimize the, the power of counseling, um, of studying trauma, of studying resiliency, of learning, you know, grounding techniques because trauma is stored in the body. So learning how to release that from your body, learning how to respond when you are triggered and, you know, respond in a way that's healthy and kind of brings you back to uh, the moment right in front of you. And I think, too, for me, like it was... <laughs> kind of a breakthrough moment was hearing um, I was talking to a client recently and you know she was just kind of getting her life story and she was talking about things that she still does today that are a negative result of this event that happened 12 12 years ago Mm. and like I don't ever want to be like in a place of judgment and like in judging somebody for how they process um their pain there are many many reasons why why people process things the way that they do it's not just simple black and white but I remember hearing her and thinking like I don't want that to be my life Mm. I don't want to be five years from now making excuses for the ways that I'm not healing and not growing and not doing the things I know that I'm called to do and gifted to do and passionate about because of this very painful thing in my past that I can't change. Yeah. Like, I don't want that to be my life. Yeah, it's good. And so whatever I need to do to be proactive about my own healing, you know, about coming alongside other people like her, you know, to help yeah. support her to see that change is possible and healing is possible and your life can look very different from how it looks today. Absolutely. I don't think a lot of people, especially within the a lot of people in the especially in the church world they don't realize the extent of the importance of you get to participate in your own healing they want to just pray they want an easy and i've done it hey i'm just I, this the sermon really spoke to me you know so i'm going to raise my hand i'm going to go up somebody's going to pray mm-hmm. for me i'm going to read this verse and all that is immensely powerful and critical and without it I believe there's there there is no true healing uh, without the one who made us without a doubt man 
unequivocally would never deny that. But in, in my own life, I had to reach out to some counselors, some therapists. I had to talk about some stuff. I had to participate in unraveling that chain that I had been tied to my whole life. Well, it's like you think of... And that's messy. Almost all the miracles I can think of in, in the Gospels that Jesus performed during his ministry on earth. Like, there was participation yeah. required on a part of the person that he was healing. There was instruction given Get to up. them. There was a effort and a willingness on their part to participate in their own healing. And I think the same is true of us today. Like, God isn't going to do for you what you're able to do for yourself. Yeah. So good. Yeah. The question he asked the guy, you know, hey, man, do you want to be made well? Like, do you really do you really want to be made well? I think there's a lot of people they are afraid of success. They're afraid of living their life healed because all they've ever known is brokenness. No matter how uncomfortable your life is, if that's all you've ever known, that can feel safer than embracing change or seeking change or facing the possibility of disappointment. That, like, mm. what if I try this and, it, and doesn't work. it doesn't work? I think that can feel scarier than just, I'll just live with this. So good. So, fear is one of the things that keeps us bound, right? Fear of, hey, it's always been this way. If I do something different, is it going to work? I heard the story this uh, this past week. Shout out to Pastor Jeremy. We're getting ready to hit up uh, L.A. next week, going to the Fearless Conference, uh, as well as hopefully to slide over to Homeboy Industries when we're there. We only got four days. I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to try to do it all. But uh, Pastor Jeremy was talking about in his TikTok how he tells a story of this. I think it was a World War II uh, fighter pilot. He's in this, he's in this uh, dog fight in the air, you know, bullets are flying, he's trying to survive, and he looks back and he sees this, these rats inside of his plane, and they're like chewing the wires, they're chewing the <laughs> wires, and this dude knows, like, man, if these rats chew these wires, I'm done, like, I'm gonna die. And so he does something amazing. Instead of getting out of the cockpit, which the plane would have crashed, he decides to pull back on the throttle and he takes the plane all the way as high as he can possibly go in that plane. He puts his oxygen tank on because he'll pass out if he doesn't do it. And he goes higher and higher and higher. And the higher he gets the oxygen, the life force is squeezed out of the rats and they die. And what rats do we have in our lives? Well, one of them is fear. Why, how can I step out and do this? How can I step out and try this? You know, it, what if it fails? The, those are the, We all have different rats that are chewing at our wires. And the way to break free from that, and, and I think that symbolically what uh, Pastor Jeremy was getting at is like, bro, when you tap into God and you're, 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 you're going up into who he is, like that fear, just like that elephant, that chain, it loses its power over you. And you realize that, man, like there's some things that I can't do on my own, right? There's some things that I need some higher altitude for. And uh, for, for a lot of people, back to a lot of the people that we love and work with on a daily basis, uh, 
That's one of the things that holds them. It's this sense of ingrained powerlessness. They don't realize, but that's the beauty, man. That's the beauty of who the Lord is. He said, when you're weak, I will be strong. You know, that, that, that in your, in your brokenness, I will heal you. And, and that's the beautiful, the divine exchange. And I think there's something powerful to be said about that. Uh, with even everything that we do, like we didn't know any of this was going to (laughs) work. Right. Mm-hmm. When we planted the church, when we opened the coffee shop, like this was crazy. <laughs> like it doesn't make any logical sense. And that was a major step of faith. And we were still scared. Right. We were still like, man, what if this thing crashes and burns? Yeah. But there was something inside of us that said, man, you guys are made for more. You didn't survive everything that you survived just to operate at the same altitude as everybody else. When there was something inside of us that said, what if it doesn't crash and burn? What if it wildly succeeds? But if we don't try, we'll never know. My brother, my sister listening to this Fringe podcast today, I wonder what it is that you should try. And if you don't ever try, you're never going to know. You don't try, you'll never know. If you try and you fail, at least you tried. You don't have to spend the rest of your life living in regret. You know, I believe that you're made and I'm made for greatness, man. And we're not made to live our lives ruled by fear and doubt and powerlessness. And we don't have to continue to pass on what has been given to us generationally. Definitely. If your parents struggle with addiction and you've battled addiction, it doesn't mean it can't stop with you. If you struggle with poverty generationally and you're battling poverty right now, it doesn't mean that's where things have to stay for you. That is not where you belong. You were made for higher altitude, man. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to have feedback from you. Any questions you have, any ideas of future podcasts. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear for you, from you. Also, if you've listened to our previous podcast and uh, you think they're worth sharing, we would love for you to tell a friend. Uh, yeah, help spread the word that we're here. Absolutely. One last thing as well, if you believe in the work that we're doing here over with the Fringe Coffee House Reentry Program, as well as the stuff we're doing with the church, you can support us by visiting thefringehamilton.com. That tells you more about everything that we do uh, within this city, this region, as well as stuff that we're doing inside the prison system. Thank you so much for your love and support. Grace and peace. We'll see you soon. See ya.